right, folks, welcome on into another edition of Buffalo Game Day Recap, breaking down the Bills' 38-3 win over the Steelers, another dominant performance by the Buffalo Bills. Joining me in Orchard Park is Sports Director Thad Brown. We'll start with that. Thad, another dominant win. What did you see from the sidelines in this victory today for the Bills? Two things stuck out to me, AJ. Number one, this Bills offense the last couple weeks had become plotting. You know, they were moving up and down the field, but they were doing it one check down at a time. And you started to wonder maybe if teams were getting a blueprint on them. You drop three safeties deep, you drop two safeties deep, you zone up, keep the Bills in front of you. Look, you may not win a game, but at least you can slow them down. And I think in this game, the Bills proved that that strategy won't work, or at least teams can't just look at what Baltimore Miami did and repeat it all the time. Now, it doesn't mean Pittsburgh went with that strategy today, but bottom line, the Bills' quick strike ability was back in this game, and it makes such a difference to be able to have an opportunity to go down the field, have an option there. Gabe Davis is not a speed receiver. He's not a burner, but he's good enough, obviously, to make big plays down the field. So seeing that part of the offense back and effective, I think was a big, big deal. And then number two, the Bills were missing so many players in this game, mostly on defense, but on both sides of the ball, due to injury. There were a lot of younger players who stepped up and had big games. Khalil Shakir on offense, obviously three catches, 75 yards, the touchdown. He looked like a slot receiver that could play for a long time in this NFL. And then on defense, you know, I think Terrell Dotson was the, the newer guy, not necessarily a younger guy, but the newer guy that kind of flashed the most for me. Regardless, you were missing both safeties, missing Tremaine Edmonds, Tredavious White obviously still out, Christian Benford didn't play in those games. Those are five guys who have started or are starters on this defense, and yet they only gave up three points. Now, look, I know it's Kenny Pickett, first ever start. You know, I thought Pickett actually played pretty solid in general, but this is obviously not, you know, the Chiefs. This is the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team that's rebuilding, to put it generously. I don't care. You only gave up three points to an NFL team in an NFL game. That's a good day for a squad that was missing, you know, half its guys. So I think those two were the, the points that impressed me the most in this game from the Bills. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Allen, he throws for 424 yards, a career high, and it's kind of just an afterthought at this point. You know, a career day for him. Oh, whatever. Let's talk about all the other stuff. Uh, Gabriel Davis certainly being healthier made such a big difference. It just shows how much of a difference having Diggs, having Davis on the outside, cooking at the same time, just completely opens up the offense. You mentioned, you know, the big plays, you know, you know the two deep safety, things like that. I'm wondering if the Steelers didn't do a ton of that. They've been kind of known to stick to their bread and butter, do what they do, and you know, not super adjust to the other team's strengths and flaws. So it just goes, if anything, this might make more two safety, three safety deep, because when they do allow Davis to go over the top digs and things like that, you know, you just saw what happened. So I think, if anything, that's going to reinforce what uh, you know, teams going forward do. And you mentioned all the guys, you know, not playing in this game. You, you wonder going into this game if they would treat it like a bye week with, uh, with the Chiefs coming up. And they kind of did. But the important thing is they didn't play like it was a bye week. There was, you know, maybe a little bit of problems early on. Um, Allen missed some throws. He had digs open for a touchdown. There was, you know, the muff, which eventually turned into a 98-yard touchdown. But after that, it was business as usual. You know, all those guys, McKenzie, Poyer, Knox, Edmonds, Benford, Kumaro, you know, just the list goes on and on. Who knows how many of those could have started if, you know, if this was a playoff game, a, a must-win or do-or-die game. But they got their guys some rest. They got the young guys some playing time. And they looked really, really good while doing that. I think those are, you know, just definitely the two main points to take away from this game. 
Yeah, AJ, I had the same thought as you, you know, wondering if maybe some of these guys aren't playing because of the Chief next week and if the two games were scheduled the other way around, would more of those guys had played? I mean, you never know. Um, you know, I don't think Sean McDermott ever overlooks a team. I don't think he's definitely going to ever overlook a Mike Tomlin coach team. But it, perhaps some of that weighed into it. And regardless, the team is pretty beat up. You know, at some point, you might just have to back off and say, we got to rest, guys, because we're a team that expects to go deep into January. We can't mess around trying to win some game in week five. Does it help that the team coming in is a rebuilding team with a rookie quarterback? Probably. But I'm not going to just blanket say that was what was happening. And I know you're not saying that either. The other thing I want to point out, too, with the deep balls that Josh Allen threw today, I don't know if you can tell, but it is a little windy here right now. The wind was up during the game. I didn't call it, I didn't think it was game altering, but for a ball that was going to be in the air 50, 60 yards, yeah, that's something that's difficult to throw. For Allen to put both those long Davis touchdowns right on the fingertips, I was very impressed. And then going back to your Steelers' point, too, about the type of defense they're going to play, it, had, it did occur to me that the Steelers seem to be running a little more man-to-man -man than probably teams should against this Bills offense, and it might have burned them. You know, we'll wait and see, go back, look at the film, all that stuff. But regardless, the ability for the Bills to hit these big plays, even if they did it against a defense that teams probably should not be playing, to be able to say, okay, if you do this, we're going to kill you, I still think it was going to pay some dividends down the road. Yeah, and it just shows the importance. You know, we talk about the, the depth on the outside, Diggs and Davis. When they're not there, you know, it brings into the question of Odell Beckham Jr., things like that, you know, the abundance of riches. Will they want to add more? It's a, it's a question for down the line, but certainly. Um, and I also want to ask you, um, you know, you backed off of your, your big talk about a Bills big blowout win. You, you lessened your prediction. You had this Bills minus 29 and a half. Um, how much were you thinking of that in the second half, <laughs> not making that bet? Well, pretty much the entirety of the second half, I was, I was definitely lamenting the fact that I had this game pegged and bailed because there just weren't enough healthy Bills players for me to feel confident about going with that big bet. Now, in the second half, I had the Bills minus six and a half, so that kept me occupied, you know, because it, 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 that was the only thing that I really had to watch after that. So I didn't think about it totally. But, yeah, there was some shaking my head thinking, wow, this could have been a really profitable day if the Bills just played a couple extra guys and then won the game 40-whatever to three instead of 38-3. to three. But I, I'll live. I still was was up on the day. I, I won more than I lost today um, from this game from the Bills. Let me, I want to go in the locker room for a little bit, hear from some of the guys. You know, let's stay on the theme of, of the young guys who did well. You know, Shakir was, was certainly at the top of that list, but there were more um, that also played well in this game, mostly on defense. The funny thing about Shakir, you know, the only time he looked like a rookie was – pretty much after he scored that first touchdown. I don't even know what to do. You know, a lot of guys have planned celebrations and things like that. I always told myself I was going to keep the first football that I scored. I was like, obviously, I keep it. But for some reason, I threw it. And then um, <laughs> then Josh brought it to me. He was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, my bad. Appreciate it. We always talk about it. I mean, any guy can start on any other 31 NFL teams. And I was just so blessed to get my opportunity being undrafted. You know, I gotta maximize my opportunities when I get them. It's not a fall off at all. When nobody else is in there, even the other young guys that come in to play, there's never a fall off. You know, I mean, we all play well together, so I'm just super excited to see everybody get their chance. We obviously have great veterans on our team, but when the young guys come in, you can see the 
the rookies, you know what I'm saying, the first, second year players coming out and having that same confidence, that same swag as the older guys. That's just a test to our team that we're just going to just keep crafting over and over and over and over and get those kids more touchdowns and let them keep learning because they're going to learn from guys like Diggs and, and Gabe and Josh, and it's just going to keep getting better and better and better. This league is all about opportunity. You hear every week at the moment you enter the league to the, to the, to the day you leave it, it's all about opportunity, and I think everyone who is stepping up is taking advantage of that, and they're doing a great job, and we just need it to continue. To watch some of the guys get their touchdowns and uh, Kyer get that interception, you know, you're always cheering for your teammates, you're cheering for the young guys, and then once they do it, you know, it gives them the confidence that they can do it again, and, and uh, you know, that's what we expect from them as teammates, and the coaches expect them, but um, as long as they expect that from themselves, then, then they'll be able to do it. Now, the Bills veterans, they're all excited to see the young guys play well, and, and you know, after the Shakir touchdown and the Cook touchdown and the Elam interception, I went over to the sideline to see the reaction, and it was fun seeing, you know, Tredavious White celebrating with Elam, and Isaiah McKenzie was one of the first guys that, you know, got in Shakir's face and talked about how great that play was. Despite all that, after the game, there was a little bit of the need for the veterans to kind of keep the rookies in their place, and, for example... Stephon Diggs in his post-game press conference got a question about his assessment of Elam and Cook and Shakir and how those guys did. Now, he's doing this with Shakir sitting next to him, and a big smirk on his face, Diggs goes, ah, they did all right. You know, So there's still going to be a pecking order in the Bills' locker room, even if the Bills' vets were happy to see their, their younger guys play pretty well. AJ? Yeah, and I also saw this from uh, the Buffalo News' Catherine Fitzgerald. She was talking about how people were interviewing Dalvin Cook, and Stephon Diggs goes, they're talking to him? He only had one touchdown. Come on, what are they talking to him for? He gets interviews, he has only one touchdown? I thought that was pretty funny, too. Uh, Stephon Diggs always having the jokes. Um, speaking of the rookies, um, the Steelers rookie, I want to touch on Kenny Pickett a little bit. Um, one thing, you know, they only scored three points, so it's tough to take a lot. First start, Leslie Frazier defense, things like that. I was really impressed by him able to stand in to the very last second and make that throw. There was so many times, I saw maybe like five or 10 times, the pocket was collapsing around him. He didn't, you know, run out of the pocket. He stood up, he made the throw. I thought that was just a really nice point from him uh, in game number one, something for him to build on. Um, and speaking of rookies as well, a big day for the rookies, um, Kair Elam getting his first interception for the Bills. He got picked on a little bit in the first half, bounced back with that interception. And uh, a nice day for him after, you know, a so-so start to his uh, NFL career. Yeah, I'm with you on Pickett, too. I was impressed. I thought he was calm in the pocket, for the most part made good decisions. And, and the three points won't do his debut justice. I thought he played pretty solid. With Elam, he was really the victim of a lot of those uh, picket passes early in the game. And corners talk all the time about having a short memory, having to make the next play. It's the NFL. The league is built for corners to get beat. And Elon did a good job of coming back and making the interception. Now, he was very introspective afterward, talking about, look, that's not really me. I expect to be better than that. I expect to be great. He admitted the interception did help. But, you know, I think Elon was taking this performance pretty hard. And, and you know, I don't think he's gonna, it's going to weigh on him too much because, again, at that position, you can't let it. But, you know, he knows this was not the game he wanted to have, even with an interception. I'll be very interested to see how he bounces back. One more thing, too, um, A.J. Epinesa, who got tossed in this game, we talked to him about that little fricus at the end. He said, look, I was trying to just kind of get away. Things were said that were misunderstood. No malice in there. So, you know, I said this was more than, than your normal football situation, or is this just, you know, football guys being football guys? He thought it was the latter. So, you know, no big deal, no bad blood. Um, you know, things got pretty heated. Shaq Lawson, who was not ejected in this game, 
walked off the field on his own, waving to the Steelers bench like he wanted to do more after the game. Fortunately, there was none of that at all. You know, this was kept on the field. It did get pretty nasty late. Look, this happens in a 35-point blowout. But for the most part, I think everybody walks away. You know, cooler heads prevailed, all that stuff. There won't be any lasting effect from what happened in this game. Yeah, I mean, the, the one of the biggest plays was, you know, DeMar Hamlin taking, you know, an arguably a late shot against his former college teammate. So, you know, you can't really argue a lot of bad mouths, but, you know, things just happen. Tempers get high, things like that. Um, when it's a 35-point blowout. Next week, probably not going to be a 35-point blowout. It's the Chiefs. Uh, it's the game that everybody's got circled on their <laughs> calendars. 425, uh, Jim Nance, Tony Romo. So Gabe Davis is going to show up once again. He always plays well for that commentator duo. Uh, Thad, your initial thoughts uh, looking ahead to Kansas City next week? Yeah, I'm interested to see how the Chiefs perform offensively against a much better defense. Assumably, the Bills will get some of those pieces back next week. Probably not Tredavious White, but maybe Poirier and Tremaine Edmonds. The Chiefs don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. Still have Travis Kelsey. Obviously, he's very good. But can Pat Mahomes still do Mahomes things against a better defense? For the most part, he has this year. We'll see what they do Monday night against the Raiders. But a couple weeks ago against a Colts defense that's been, you know, better than the, the mess of an offense they have on that team, they held Kansas City to just 17 points. And the Chiefs are dealing with a kicker issue. I don't know if Harrison Bucker will be back for that game. So can the Chiefs be as much of a threat on offense as they have been to keep up with this Bills defense? Now, I think Kansas City's better on defense. And like we said, you know, if there is a blueprint of playing zone and dropping deep against the Bills, the Chiefs will be happy to do it. They've done it before. So how those two sides match up with the Chiefs looking a whole lot different, to me, is the most fascinating part about this game. The Bills tend to play better in that regular season matchup they did last year. The Chiefs have won the last two games in the playoffs. And I think this game is going to be more important for the Chiefs to win than it will be for the Bills, even if they have the same record going into the game, because the Chiefs' schedule appears much more difficult down the stretch. I think the Bills could lose the game and outplay Kansas City enough to have the home field advantage in the playoffs. I don't think it can happen the other way around. So that's where my storyline and my eyes kind of look to with this game next week. Yeah, and I'm looking at the, uh, the front four for the Bills. I mean, they gave Von Miller that big contract in the offseason, however many guaranteed dollars. Just about every single one of them is so they could beat Patrick Hobbs and the Chiefs. Obviously, it's going to matter a lot more in the playoffs, but... That's the spot where they need him to step up. Obviously, also Greg Rousseau, I mean, he's had this great start to the season. Can he do it when the stakes are even a little bit higher against a team like the Chiefs? He's had a good start. We'll see how we can build on that start. Uh, you know, the, the front four, you know, it's been said over and over again. You need that pressure to beat Patrick Mahomes. Can they get it done with this new look um, front four coming up tomorrow or next week against the Chiefs in Kansas City? Thad, your final thoughts from Orchard Park before we uh, get out of here and, and go home. You know, nice to see the Bills uh, take care of business after a couple tougher games. Um, you know, this was a game where you're supposed to win. This was really the first take care of business the game the Bills had all year. You know, you open with the champs. Then you get the number one team in the AFC last year in Tennessee. Then the number one challenger in the division. Then the Ravens are a good team. This was the first contest where you're kind of like, I expect the Bills to look like the dominant team. And they were, you know, right from play three on. So, you know, I think good for the Bills there. And, again, being able to build on the fact that the big play offense was there, the younger guys stepped up, the more ways you can win football games, the better off you'll be. The Bills did it in this game, especially in the latter half, with the younger guys who played in a way they haven't really done it all year, and that's always a good thing going forward. Yeah, and even if there was an upset to brew, kind of the things that happened to set up that upset did happen. 
A special teams fumble deep in your own territory. An interception early. A missed touchdown. All mm -hmm. of it didn't matter. The Bills still ended up winning by 35 points. Well, as we mentioned over and over again, Chiefs next week, we will have you back here for Buffalo Game Day recap to break it all down as Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, everybody's waiting for it. We'll have your coverage for you online at RochesterFirst.com and all week on News 8 leading up to the game. For Thad Brown in Orchard Park, I'm AJ Feldman. Thank you for watching or listening to Buffalo Game Day Recap. Enjoy the rest of your football weekend.